It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. What's good, everybody? Welcome back to Locked On Wizards. We're going to look at, or we're going to talk about E's thoughts on the Taj Gibson signing. Is the center rotation set? And where does the center group rank in the NBA as far as tiers? Next on Locked On Wizards. You are Locked On Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's good, everybody? It's your boy, Brandon Scott, again with my guy, the real Ed Oliver. Thank you for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you can podcast and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. And we're going to go over how does E feel about the Taj Gibson signing? Is the center rotation set in stone? And where does our centers t- uh, rank as far as the NBA tiers for the center position? So let's jump right into it, E. Obviously, Taj Gibson re-signed one year, $3.2 million contract. So in your eyes, is this move for death or is it more of a leadership in the locker room move? Uh, I think it's a little bit of a bo- little bit of both, but more for uh, veteran leadership. Uh, I remember in an interview, they players talked about Taj Gibson stepping up in the, in the locker room and showing leadership. Uh, I mean, he's been in the league for years. So he kind of is that Udonis. He's in that Udonis has some role. I know we're not anywhere close to what the Heat have done. The Heat just went to the finals. Um, you know, they got multiple all-stars and Jimmy Butler and, and Bam Adebayo, good players and Tyler Hero. They're trying to get Damian Lillard. And they got a, a great GM and Pat Riley, a great coach and Eric Spolster. So we're not close to that team, but I get what they're trying to do. Like, you, we have a lot of young guys. Bilal's a young guy. Jordan Poole's a young guy. Uh, Kuzma's been in the league for years. But other than that, you know, we got a we got a weird mix of veterans and young guys right now. But I think Todd Gibson is a guy that can settle down the troops. And he's been there, done that, show young guys, uh, show Gaffer how to set a screen, uh, just different things like that, just being vocal. So I think he's a, he's going to be a veteran leader. And, and Gaffer, I mean, uh, Todd Gibson, he started in two games last year. And there were some times where it looked like West Hills Jr. kind of favored uh, Gibson a little bit over Gafford in some games or when Gafford was in foul trouble. Uh, Todd Gibson had a good game. I, I can't remember which game it was, but he played really good defense. He was moving his feet. He was finishing around the rim. He was just doing the little things, diving on the floor for loose bat, for a loose basketball. Uh, just the little things, the intangibles, things that you can't teach or coach. Uh, he was doing it. Sometimes he will hit a three. He'll put up the little phone uh, celebration. He'll do some of that. He'll rebound hard. He'll play hard. He runs the floor. Um, yes, his his best years are behind him. We get that. He's not a guy that we expect to go out there and score 10 points and 10 boards like he used to with the Bulls, uh, where he dunked on Dwayne Wade, that poster dunk that he did many, many years ago. Um, but he's a guy that can provide some locker room leadership. Now, excuse me. Now, could we have signed somebody else who has more has a better skill set at this point? I think that's that's what you were leaning to. Like, you know, Christian Wood, I don't think he wanted to come here. So I don't I think he wanted to go to the Lakers rather than coming here. He wanted to go to a playoff team. 
Um, JaVale McGee was available. I don't think that was an option, to be honest. I'm trying to think. Dwayne Dedman is a guy out there. I think the Warriors have interest in him. Um, there's some other centers that could be that could have been available that we could have went after. Um, some low key guys, but at this point, they're, they're just not. We know the direction of this team. They're not trying to get a lot more talent on the roster. They're not trying to win a lot of games. They're just trying to evaluate talent and see which guys they want to keep and see what they can get trade value for at this point. Or you know, Ty, guys like Tyus Jones, DeLon Wright. Uh, Gallinari, Mascala, Shamet. You know, I think they're just trying to evaluate and see what what trade value they can get for guys like that. And right now, they're just not trying to add too much talent, especially at the center position. Uh, I do think they could have addressed it a little bit better than what they did, even if they aren't trying to make the playoffs that are playing. In. Yeah. But um, you know, I, I I don't I don't mind the signing. Am I jumping for joining the signing? And it's interesting too because you still got Xavier Cooks on the books. You still got Anthony Gill on the books. Yep. So that's something that we'll talk about later. Maybe not this episode, but they got a lot of guys on the roster. Only 15 spots, 17 guys are technically on the roster right now. So it, it is somewhat of a head-scratcher, but I get they want that veteran presence, especially with Wes Unsville Jr. right now, who is still trying to learn his voice, old commanding a locker room, and a guy like Todd could possibly help. Yeah, I mean, looking at it, man, I, I'm looking at it from both sides. I definitely thought that they should maybe try to get a center with, you know, like you said, more – Playing, you know, more ready to play. You know, I get it that, you know, Taj. Look, you know, I get it that from Alicia's standpoint, good move. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying it's necessarily a bad move. I did, I do believe that, you know, there were other options as far as you know, uh, Mo Bamba was an option to me. A uh, Bobo still young. I thought maybe we should have looked into him. Uh, Christian Wood again. I, I, I definitely agree. I don't think that was realistic. You know, he wants to go to a team that's going to compete. Javal McGee, he's been there and done that. <laughs> you know, we already traded him, so you know. He's not really trying to come back, but you know, Deadman, I, th- I thought might have been an option because he can defend the paint. Um, what was I'm thinking of somebody else? Uh, I'm, Garuba. I think that's somebody there you go, just taking a flyer on, yeah, him. Um, and somebody else, uh, what was it, Biz- uh, Bismarck Biombo was out there, so there, there was options, but I get the signing, I do get it. You know, leadership, you can never have enough leadership in the locker room for you know a young roster who's a rebuilding team, uh, especially when you got two guys who. You know, they have leadership experience in Kyle Kuzma and Jordan Poole. You know, Jordan Poole is becoming a leader, but they're still young. So you definitely need that veteran guy. Now, I like the comparisons to Haslam. You know, you need an old head in the locker room, you know, especially, you know, you said that, you know, Weston still still trying to find his way as being that, that voice in the locker room. So we all need an old head, man. So there you go. You know, I definitely see the point of the signing. So it's just one of those things, you know. I thought we could have upgraded because Mike Muscala, nothing against him. He, I mean, he can play. He's in the NBA. You know, nothing against Mike Muscala, but, you know, Gafford, you know, the starting center, he just has his limitations. You know, so, it, you know, if he's willing to take that step where we can really give him 25 plus, I have no problem. But he's got to deal with the foul trouble. You know, he's got to stop going for every pump fake. You know, he's got to work on his conditioning. And, and he, he's another one of those players, man, if you notice that. We always say it about Denny. You know, we always say about the young guys, man, about, you know, when they struggle, you know, Johnny Davis, when they struggle that, you know, they put their head down, and there's a whole different player. You see that with Gaff, too. So we want to see him, you know, stay competitive. You know, he, you know, stay with that dog mentality, man. So I definitely want to see a better year from Gaff because, look, he's going to an extension. So that money, look, with that money comes responsibility. You know, you're not, you know, you got to step up to a certain degree. So there's a lot of ifs in the center positions. But from a leadership standpoint, I definitely get it. You know, you need leadership because especially for a young team. You need more voices. You need more guys that have been there and done that. I mean, if you look at Taj, look at the players he's played with. He's played with some characters, man. 
You know, he played with D Rose, man. You know, he played uh, I mean, New York, you know, he's he's played with some characters, you know, he knows how to deal with certain personalities. So I think he'll definitely be good for Jordan Poole. Because Jordan Poole, you know, he's a young guy, you know, he's 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 been humble coming into DC, but you know, he's a young guy, you know, he likes to talk stuff, you know. So Taj could be that guy's gonna, you know, kind of ring our guys in. So I think it's ultimately I think it's gonna be a good signing because look, we're not trying to do anything. We're, you know, we're trying to lose as many games as possible. So I mean, realistically. If I'm trying to lose every game, I'm probably going to start Taj, but I know they're not going to do that. But, you know, I definitely get the signing, man. So, now I was just, you know, I was really inquisitive about what you thought. But uh, we're going to move on and talk about is the rotation set in stone or could there be wiggle room for another move in the center position? But we'll talk about that. But before we do, tonight's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 and bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's right, just a $5 bet. And that's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to join than now. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over and unders, and parlays. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thanks for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow. And going forward, we are going to talk about depth. And we're also going to talk about who could be candidates to be waived. And we're going to talk about those trade candidates going forward. Because we know you guys want to talk about it. So let's get into it. Looking at the center rotation, as you know, in the depth chart right now, you're looking at Daniel Gaffer starting, Mike Muscala backing him up, and Taj Gibson. Now, you, you said it earlier, man, that um, we have 17. We need 15. So Anthony Gill, Xavier Cooks, but I know we're going to talk about that, you know, going forward. But is it set in stone? Or do you think this wiggle room, do you think there might be a move where Mike Muscala could be included into a trade before the season starts? I don't think they're going to make any trades before the season starts. Now, there was a report that Damian Lillard talks are heating up. So, like we talked about in the previous episode, could we be a third team in the trade? You know, there have been reports that uh, we could be added in a third team, third team in the trade. Like the Heat may have interest in Gallinari. They may have interest in Shemet. But to answer the question about Muscala, I don't think Muscala gets traded before the season. I don't, I don't think anybody gets traded before the season at this point. If I had to, you know, bet on FanDuel, uh, I think Muscala is going to start the season off on the roster. Same thing with Gallo, Shamet, and, and guys like that. Uh, but I think, you know, as far as the rotation, I think Muscala, and I'm looking at the depth chart on ESPN, Muscala is right behind Gafford as a center. Then it's Xavier Cooks, and then it's Vukcevic. Vukcevic is not going to be here, so ESPN is wrong. Um, and they don't have Todd Gibson on the depth chart e- either. Um, but looking at my depth chart right now, I would, it's just kind of, it's kind of just throwing darts at the dartboard or just throwing it up in the air between, you know, who's third string behind Muscala. Is it, is it Todd Gibson or is it Xavier cooks? Is it Anthony Gill? Like, are these, are some of these guys even going to be on the roster at this point? Like Gill may go overseas that that may still be a possibility. Xavier cooks, if he doesn't make the roster, is he going to go overseas? Is that a possibility? So um, the center position is, is just so kind of, uh, 
it, it's just you just don't have a lot of um a lot of oomph there or a lot of horsepower there to to put it nicely. Uh, so I mean, you're really just looking between Muscal and Xavier Cooks behind Gafford and Todd Gibson, and Gibson's really just there to be your Haslam, to be in, in shorts and sweats or sweats and sweatpants on the sideline. He he may have to play because, like you said too, Gafford might get in foul trouble. You know, he may you know he he missed a few games last year, so you just don't know if if Gafford. Uh, gets a foul, two quick fouls in the first half or first quarter, then Gibson is gonna he's gonna have to play. Mescal is gonna have to play a lot. Xavier Cooks, if he's on the roster, he's gonna have to play a lot. So, yeah, the rotation is funky. It's really funky and very wonky right now. But they're not trying to win games. You look at the Thunder last year; they didn't have a center because Chet Holgram got injured. They had Jalen yeah. Williams. They had two Jalen Williams. They had the, the big Jalen Williams from Arkansas, and then they had the Jalen Williams from. Uh, Santa Clara and Jalen Williams is about 6'10, so he's not the biggest guy in the world. So he was playing center. They played a lot of small ball. They had Giddy out there, Shea, and uh, Jalen Williams at the same time, and uh, Lou Dort. And then they would just yeah. play small ball. And the Wizards may have to do something like that where Kuz may have to play at the five, Denny may have to play the five some points. Now we would get cooked on the inside uh, by other bigs, but maybe Will Dawkins might, you know, coach the guy. He's not coaching, but maybe Will Dawkins may scheme, have something that what he wants West Huntsville Jr. to do with the rotations and bring some of the OKC schemes and rotations that they had. So maybe Will Dawkins may try to have West uh, scheme things up like they did in OKC. So, um, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we shall see. I mean, I agree that, you know, I don't see Mike Muscala being moved before the deadline. Now, you know, if you're looking at our aspiring deals, which ones would be sexy to another team? It probably, to me, would be either DeLon Wright and Landry Shamet because right now you're still figuring out, you know, what is Gallinari's true value? He's coming off an ACL injury. You know, what are you really getting from him? So I think a lot of teams are going to wait and see what he's, you know, how he's going to play. And he's coming in here with a chip on his shoulder and with some fire. So you best believe he's going to be trying to just show out. Um, and looking at Muscala, kind of same thing. He's got to build his value up a little bit. So I get it. But you know, I definitely want to see Vucevic next year. You know, we got to we got to add some young depth to this position because I'm a big Gafford fan, man. I, I you know, I'm, I kind of adopt him as my guy on this team. You know, I like Gaff, man. I like I like his personality. You know, I think he's a cool cat, but you know, we he has his limitations. Now, you, you know, towards the end of last year, that that last ten games, you saw him kind of stepping back, hitting jumpers. I'm like, oh, okay. You know, he's trying to do something, but he's got his limitations. So I think Gaff, he's got to he's got to step it up because again, he's going to an extension. You know, he that extension wasn't signed underneath this front office. So he's another candidate of, you know, how much loyalty are they going to have towards Gaff with him being a Tommy Shepard signing? Because do they do they see the same value that Tommy did? Which we all know Tommy's value was, <laughs> yeah, it was something. So, I mean, do they still see the value that he did? And it, it remains to be seen because, you know, yeah, you could say that that contract is seen thrilling, but if you can't play more than 20 minutes a night, I got to think about, you know, really, what is his future? You know, because I don't think he's the starter of the future. I think right now it's rebuilding team. Yeah, he can spot start, come in, those quality minutes, then put Mike Muscala in there. But by no means is he the future at center. And I definitely, you know, the last video um, talking about what should be targeted in next year's draft. Center is definitely going to be a big target in the draft next year. We've got to find a young center who preferably is – I'll take 6'11", but we need a seven-footer. We need a, a, a guy in there who can tower in there and be at the center of the future. So, you know, right now I believe it's set in stone, but we shall see. We, <laughs> I mean, a lot of people are being evaluated this year, so 
we're definitely going to see. So we're going to move on to where do our centers rank in the NBA as far as are they great, good, or mad? We're going to talk about that next. But uh, he's going to tell us about the Jays case tonight. Yeah, I, I do think the center rotation is set. I'm going to get to the Jays case, and we'll get into that. Like you said, today's episode is brought to you by the Jays case. Jace Case provides five life-saving anti- antibiotics for emergency use. All it takes to get a Jace Case is fill out a simple online form and in some cases jump on a quick call with one of our board-certified physicians. Get ongoing care from our physicians on any treatment-related questions. Doctor created, doctor recommended. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. Jace handles everything from online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consulta- consultation and care save more than 360 dollars by getting these life-saving antibiotics with jace medical plus an additional 20 dollars off by using my code locked on at checkout on jacemedical.com that's j-a-s-e medical.com the nba playoffs are right around the corner and locked on nba is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama every monday jackson gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. All right. So um, last thing I want to say about the center rotation, yes, I do think it is set in stone. This is, it yeah. is what it is. Um, maybe they do want to push the pace more and that may – Start with more small ball. I think, of course, you can still do push the pace with a big. I think it's really good to push the pace with Gaffer. Gaffers are the best when they push their pace when they push yeah. the pace. Um, Escala is a small ball five. He's not really a center in my in my opinion. He's more of a lean guy. He's not banging against anybody. He's not pushing anybody around. He's more of a finesse guy. Uh, Gaffer's not really banging. He tries, but you know he's a guy that kind of gets pushed around a little bit too when he goes up against bigger guys, Joel and B, Jokic. Um, Anthony Davis, Vukovic, some other bigs, Valanciunas, Stephen Adams. He struggled against some of those guys in the past, and he's held his own at times. But you know, he, he's 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 done the best that he's that he's that he's been able to do uh, sometimes against those guys. But yeah, we don't have any guy. We we're just more of a finesse team at that center position. So yeah, um, West is going to have his fan, hands full. He's going to have some some troubles trying to defend some guys. Anthony Davis put a fifty five on us last year. It felt like every big man had a double double like a 20-point and 10-rebound kind of game against us. So uh, we got our hands full of the center position, and we'll see. We'll see. Um, I think we're going to have to play a run-and-gun kind of style this season for sure with Jordan Poole, Tyus Jones, Kyle Kuzma. Um, But, yeah, the question is, where does our center group rank? Just want to get your thoughts on that. Um, You know, look at some of the centers in our league right now. going to pull up some of the tiers. Of course, course Jokic is – the best center in the league, you got Joel Embiid, who was MVP, Anthony Davis, DeMontis Sabonis, Bam Adebayo. Uh, those are some of, the, some of the names at the top. Then you got your go, you got Rudy Gobert, Jared Allen, DeAndre Aiden, Brooke Lopez. Those are some top-tier elite defenders. Rudy Gobert is an elite defender. Brooke yeah. Lopez, an elite defender. Jared Allen made an all-star game. DeAndre Aiden just hasn't lived up to what he's supposed to be, but he's had some good seasons. He has a couple good seasons under his belt. Uh, then you got Capella after that. Walker Kessler had a good rookie year. Miles Turner. Al Horford is a solid center even at his age. Uh, you got Wendell Carter, Stephen Adams, who I already talked about. Nick Claxton is a good running gun, uh, rim-protecting, yeah. rim-running big, just like Daniel Gafford. Nikola Vucevic from the Bulls. Uh, Jonas Valanciunas. Chet Holmgren already said him. 
and uh, Ivica Zubac from the Clippers, Kevon Looney from the uh, Warriors, a heck of a rebounder. Jakob Poldl, he's a good rebounder, good rim runner as well. Mitchell Robinson is a good rim runner. Then you got Victor Wimbayana, the rookie, first pick of the draft, who is supposed to be, who has been hyped up to be a generational talent. We'll see if he lives up to the hype. Jalen Duran had a good rookie season. Mark Williams from Duke had a solid rookie season. Dwight Powell, Alperin Sangoon, and um, Yusuf Nurkic from the Blazers. Those are some centers to name. So uh, where would you rank Gafford and, and some of our centers among uh, that group of guys? <laughs> um, I would say it's Gafford, man. He's definitely in that group with Mitch Robinson, uh, Yaka Portal, a rim runner who can rebound, uh, who can defend the paint, but you know, he, a guy that has to be set up, whether through a law threat, pick and roll, he, he's got to be set up, you know. So, and Mitchell Robinson, he, he's kind of that tier, you know, he's a guy, he's kind of a tweener. Uh, he, you know, sometimes he can hold his own, sometimes he gets overmatched. Uh, Portal, he's got a little meat on his bones, man, but he, you know, but they're limited offensively. So that's definitely the group I'm putting him in. And he's he's got to be underneath people like Vucevic who can step out and shoot. Um, it's interesting that they ranked women Yama kind of down there because, you know, like you said, I, I, I can't put too much into calling somebody a generational talent and they ain't played one minute of a regular season game. Right, like, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? If we're basing everything off the summer league, man, then you, you guys – I mean, I just – I don't I, – I think that's way too small that the judges got a generational talent, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they, they called Andrew Wiggins a generational talent. And mm-hmm. don't get me don't get me twisted. He's an all-star talent, but generational talent just ain't there. You know, so mm-hmm. they kind of they're, – they're really quick to use that. They use it on Zion, which – you know, Zion wasn't so big. Well, I don't know, man. I don't last time you saw Zion, but he ain't so big anymore. He put down the Mountain Dew, man. He's he a little swole. So, <laughs> you know, I'm going to wait and see on that one. But, yeah, he's definitely in the tier with those centers that, you know, had to be set up. They can defend, but they had to be set up with the lob threat or pick and roll. So that's kind of where I'm at. I've always kind of put him up there with Mitchell Robinson. I mean, and it's good comparison with um Yaka Portal. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, speaking of uh, generational talent, how about Chase Young? He looked darn good yesterday. I'm day. just saying, man. Look, <laughs> Predator is back, baby. I'm just saying, let's get it. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. So just getting back to the tiers and um, where our where Gaffer will rank. I think I, I agree with you on him being in that same tier as like Mitchell Robinson, Jakob Potl. I think you know. I think kind of he Looney has Looney has shown more consistency, and he just has more yeah. of a role. Yeah. Like Gafford has just, he's been through so many point guards. You know, he was at his best when he had Russell Westbrook. Then he went to Spencer Dinwiddie, who was a downgrade. Then he went to uh, Monte Morris, who was yeah. you know, a guy who's just not going to create a lot of offense for guys like Gafford or really. And he, I mean, he, Monte Morris, respectively, he got guys some open looks, but he's not explosive. He's not going to get easy lobs for Gafford like Russell Westbrook did or John Wall would have. If if Gafford played with John Wall in his prime, I think Gafford would have definitely averaged 10 to 12 to 15 points just easily off of lobs, kind of like how Gortat did. But, um, yeah, I think he's in that same tier. I think he, he – I would I would take him over Mark Williams at this point from Duke. Mark Williams had a good rookie season. You know, he's still learning. I think he's – I would take him over Mark Williams. Jalen Duran is kind of tough. Uh, Dwight Powell from the Mavericks, I would take him over him. Sane Goon is just more skilled, so at this point I would take Sane Goon. Uh, Nurkic is highly skilled, so that's a tough one yeah. too. Zubac, I think, I think Gafford kind of does similar things to Zubac. Zubac is just a little yeah. bit stronger, but the only knock that the only thing that these upper hand that these guys have on Gafford is just kind of just strength. You know, they just there's sometimes where Gafford kind of gets pushed around. 
he kind of makes some shack and a fool mistakes here and there. But I think in the second half of the year, he cleaned it up. When he started to start next to Porzingis, I think he locked in more, kind of got more comfortable throughout the season and played better, uh, made better decisions, finished around the rim, called the ball. Because in the beginning of the season, he was dropping passes, setting illegal screens. I don't know whatever whatever Gortat was teaching him on his screens, but it just wasn't working. He was picking up quick fouls. So uh, if we can get the gaffer that's super consistent, if Tyus Jones can create easy baskets and lots for him, same thing with Jordan Poole. Uh, the guys are already back in town working out. I saw a couple pictures on Instagram and whatnot and uh, Twitter or X or whatever they call it. Um, but, yeah, I, I think just the rotation as a whole right now, it probably is one of the worst center rotations in the league. But once again, the goal is not to win a bunch of games. And uh, let's see what Gafford does, man. I mean, this is this is this is Gafford's huge opportunity to get thirty to forty minutes a game. If he doesn't stay in foul trouble, doesn't make mistakes, he can definitely give you a double. He can he can, I think optimistically, best case scenario, he can average ten points and nine boards a game and two blocks. I think okay. that's realistic with this with this rotation because. You really nobody should be looking over. So you should not. West should not be benching him for Mascala or Todd Gibson or Xavier Cooks, Anthony Gill, any of those guys. So Gafford, the goal for him should be a double double this season. Oh, I completely agree. I think that's attainable. I think it's realistic because he can get up there and get rebounds. Like you said, he has to be set up. He's more of a traditional big. You know, I mean he he can defend the paint, but when you're up there against these bigger centers, man, your Aitens, your your Drummonds, man. Sometimes he kind of struggles, you know, like was that uh Nick Richards man from Charlotte. I don't know what it is about Nick Richards, man, but he, oh, yeah, he too, always oh plays he always plays well against us, man. But <laughs> um, and he can't exactly go out there and guard a perimeter, man. Cause I mean, I hey man, yeah, man, if you watch me, look, got love for you, bro. But KD man, <laughs> the shows you can't you can't oh, take yeah. the perimeter, man. <laughs> and I you know, so he, he's limited, man. But I think that he has the ability, man. If he can stay consistent, keep his head in the game, I'm telling you. It's not impossible to think that he can score 10 points and get anywhere from eight to 10 boards. I think that's attainable because this is his time, man. You're the starter. You know, you best believe that you're another player who's being evaluated. But like I said, I'm a big Gaff fan, man. You know, like I said, he look, as far as rim runners, man, anytime you can step by in your head, grab a ball and still hit a dunk on an alley-oop, man. I'm just saying, look, you got a little athleticism to you, man. You know, because I know I can't do it, man. So, so. No. That was crazy. He should definitely be in the dunk contest. That was a crazy dunk against the Lakers. Oh man, I mean, he has a lot of, lot of dunks, man. It was like, you know, and I think one thing is cool about him is that he'll look, he'll find a kid in the crowd every home game, and they'll right. come down and they'll toss him an alley oop. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, he's that. He's I like those type of players, man. You know, they interact with the fan base, you know, and so yeah, I'm a big fan of Gap, man. Like I said, I, I would, I would, you know, I want to see a breakout year, and like I said, e, I think that. 10 points and anywhere from eight to 10 boards definitely is a goal for him this year going forward because again, the ball is in his court. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so we're going to wrap it up there. Definitely a lot of fun talking about the center position. We just want to thank you guys for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. Uh, for the rest of the week, we're going to be talking about uh, possibly teams having trade interest in uh, Gallinari, Shamet, and uh, Tyus Jones, guys like that, and DeLon Wright, and maybe talk about a little bit some uh, would you guys – is it is it the <laughs> – just talking about why the Wizards should not – should or should not trade for Kevin Porter. If you guys want to talk about that, definitely comment below. So those are some of the topics that we have coming up for the rest of the week. We just want to thank you guys for listening. Once again, make sure you guys subscribe and hit the notification bell as well. Hail to the Commanders, undefeated. 
Yes, sir. Undefeated. Hell to the Commanders. Hell to the Wizards, too. Peace. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.